this is Daniel, your Game Master and Master of Ceremony. This is Tori, and I play Dooley. This is Sorcerer, and I play Ty. This is Becca, and I play Mirgrat. And this is Odyssey, a Babylon 5 story. Welcome aboard. The Log of Percival Silverlight There are few places in the world with a sense of moral decay that can be scented. Some may talk of strange temples to forbidden gods or crime dens nestled in the seediest alleyways of unmarked streets somewhere in less than reputable cities. But in such a place... In a far-off land, at a tavern called Shokar's New and Improved Kill, the smell of overpriced drinks, undercooked meats, cheap people, and obscene stagecraft wafted over me like the scent of home. This is where I found a strange man with a gold coat, a heavy drinking problem, and hair like a massive crest of Black Sun. Oh, that would be me, right? Yes? It would indeed be him, one Lord Padani Foglio of House Renata. Yes, that is me. Good. His taste in dress, manner, and speech attacked my senses, like old memories of alien forces rummaging around in the brain it was never meant for, besieging my mind with overloaded sensation. Like a librarian pack Marat learning from a hive mind that did not want them there. Oh, so you have been listening. What? How did you know what I was writing? You should really not move your lips when you write. But this is a great opportunity. I'm sorry, Walt. What opportunity? What is this place, anyway? What is a Babylon 5? An opportunity that will lead to the next story of the Talmari Celestia. So sit, have a drink. A drink? Oh, why didn't you say? You could have just led with that, you know. Well then, here is one for you. And since you mentioned the Vakvara and the new memories, this is where we find Mirgrat. Yeah, if your character was unconscious uh, all of last time and you weren't able to join us, that's okay. So you, yeah. you're going to have to figure out what the heck happened. But essentially, all you know from last time is that after uh, taking the lid off the goo, you get a face full of goo, and you kind of go unconscious for a bit. So Okay. From what I remember, we're roughly on the same page. Yep. Yeah, Ty uh, is the only non-unconscious character at this point. Wait, that, no. Yeah. I thought I was still Am I still conscious? I, like, this, that was me saying Becca doesn't really remember a lot. Oh, okay. I'm sure. <laughs> Actually, yes. Yeah. was unconscious, remember? Because you felt the backlash of the screaming in your head. Yeah, yeah, I am unconscious now. Yep. I am unconscious now. I got that good Star Wars quote in at the end. <laughs> yes! You felt the familiar voices cried out, and then were suddenly silenced. Now, the good news is, is that when we begin the session, both of you waking up uh, makes perfect sense. So we'll probably end up doing that, you know, at the beginning. But if last I checked, where we were was Ty had returned to uh, med lab after Dr. Rule had uh, had a couple of drinks, 
uh, and you actually invited you there, but you, you definitely were not interested, so you just kind of went, eh, I'll just, thanks for the drink, goodbye. I have to put my son to bed. He went, okay, fine. And you sent Chuvo to get some rest, and then you went back to the med lab to check on Mirgrat and Duli. Is this correct? I think I brought Chuvo along because he already took a nap, and Ty definitely just said that, so she could leave without an awkward conversation. Or being super rude just in case she needs something from this guy later, not because she actually like cares if she's rude to people or not. Gotcha. <laughs> um, oh yeah, oh, you're you're just doing just barely different from the hi. Can I buy you a drink? Hi, can I punch you in the face? Um, yeah, you know. <laughs> or to quote uh, Jory Carlin, hi, can I buy a drink? You respond, no thanks. Can I have the money instead? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so everybody's in med lab and here's where we begin our story or at least what uh pedini foglia will be telling everybody as a story so let's start with Dooley. now you spent most of it unconscious because you had blue stuff slapped in your face the blue stuff is no longer in your face and you mostly would you wouldn't have a lot of dreams in this situation. Being Narn and being very non-telepathic, it's mostly just usual unconsciousness and normal dreams rather than, you know, big things. The only times you'd be affected by the big things if you were interacting with somebody with massive telepathy like a Vorlon or a Shadow or something else like that. Yeah. Uh, very high levels of telepathy. There's gonna be a lot of improv in this episode, I can already tell. So for you, waking up in med lab, oddly clean. I mean, like, like somebody had like done, you know, not just wash your face, but everything from like the torso up had been like sanitized. Okay. Uh, it's a little unusual, but not the weirdest thing you've woke up to. Are you, so, you implying that Julie doesn't shower? Oh no, 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 I'm not implying that at all. Just more of the. Okay. Everyone here has been to the dentist, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're now, all you don't... With Sorry, what was that? We're all humans with teeth. Exactly. <laughs> absolutely, positively, we are all humans with teeth. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, no one on the internet knows you're a sub- knows you're an alien from beyond the stars. But basically, with that feeling you get when you've had a deep cleaning. Uh, for the dentist, where again, your teeth just feel shiny and new and just sort of, you know, very, 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 very clean, which is like 10 times more than even after you brush, floss, and do the mouthwash stuff. Mm-hmm. Now imagine that on your yeah. face. So, chemical peel. <laughs> Sorry, what, what did you say, Becca? I heard a territory. What did you say, Becca? Um, something sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it's that same feeling of just feeling very cleansed and, you know, everything, even the slightest bit of, of like, sweat or grime from your face has just been, like, peeled off or otherwise, you know, certifiably cleaned off. Now, that doesn't mean anything below your torso feels that way. In fact, kind of like a, uh, from the bust area up, that seems to feel clean. Everything else just feels normal. Okay. Uh, so, but when you do wake up, you see beside you in another bed, uh, Mirgrat, who is for lack of a better term, slumbering, but in a fitful slumber. 
little shuddering, a little shaky. Uh, you've seen Mirgrad sleep before because you guys were sharing a room, but this is a little different. It's kind of like when uh, your roommate is suffering from a cold or suffering from a, uh, from a, a slight fever so they get the chills. That sort of feeling. Okay. However, Ty, also, Ty and Tuvo also do show up again to come back to check on you. You've also noticed there's a lot more security personnel around and there's a lot more medical personnel around doing like random tests on various things. You've also found like three or four scanning devices over you at some point in time. Basically, yeah, you wake up, it's not the full bar across the chest that has like four different scanners that actually, if you look at it on the show, has absolutely no purpose whatsoever. They're just blinking lights. Um, it looks cool though. It looks great. This is the one that's like the like six uh, blocks of clear plastic that get the light underneath them in in sequential order. Uh, it looks lovely. No purpose. But it looks lovely. Sequences. Um, like that. Uh, also, that all famous seventies sci-fi thing where they uh, put two, uh, three tubes together in a in a single tube and they light the three tubes in like different orders so it looks like it's rotating back and forth and there's even a scene in uh, uh, Airplane 2 where they go ah so what, what have you just what have you discovered well we discovered there's these lights that just kind of rotate back in different forms we have absolutely no idea why keep on yeah so you get you don't have the full belt, uh, belt across the chest you do have a number of kind of scanners around you most like the one scanners that have been mounted in certain ways and you've got a couple of readouts near you in, in, from screens Mirgrat is the same way, except again, not fully slapped down or you know, taped down or anything like that. Just a number of scanners around, mostly around the head. So yes, this is what you wake up to. Mirgrat, we're going to get to you, because you you also had a bit of a trauma, but we'll get to that in a second. Ty, you're there with Tuvo, and again, you're seeing uh, Dooley uh, rise and awaken, and it's not quite a full like nightmare it up like you know ah you know it's more of just the you know rouse and okay where am i okay that was good how did i get here okay slowly uh, sitting up hey you have a nice uh nap uh what happened um the blue goo came out of the jar and you passed out okay uh it's kind of a long story but in essence, I was exactly right. The blue goo and had some things inside it that were uh, larvae or something of the weird aliens that I told you about last week or earlier this week. However long it's been, it feels like it's been forever, but maybe it was only yesterday. I take it the fact that I'm not in isolation means none of those larvae made it inside me. Well, I hope not, but I am. Technically, Technically not, not an expert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you are and are not. We'll uh, find out pretty soon if they did, I suppose. I guess that's a good thing or a bad thing. However you want to look at it. Alright. Um... Also, Mirgarad fainted. I'm not really sure why. And then we killed all the bugs. I told them to kill all the bugs. That's probably a good plan. <laughs> yep, I sure was not right about all of this the entire time. So, while you're all, you know, looking over this, uh, by the way, Dooley, do you have any other questions, just in case? Uh, 
No, but I am going to get up from the bed. I'm sure they'll set off all sorts of alarms and everything from the monitoring things, but... Uh, when you get up from the bed, and, you know, again, you're not in Isolab so that, you know, again, Ty can come visit you as well as Tuvo. There are a couple of doctors who come by and like, okay, we just want to make sure you're all right. You know, they do the standard, you know, put a light in your eye, make you check for dilation, you know, check for everything else. I said, okay, we just want to make sure you're all right. You're right. And uh, mostly, again, it's mostly not, not uh, Dr. Rule, who is the main doctor. These are a couple of, I guess they'd be more classified as nurses, but yeah, they might be doctors. Again, I don't know how I ship a, uh, the medical staff on board a uh, luxury vessel tends to go, so I'm just going to run with it. Um, a bunch of NPs. Or PAs. Wait, what was that? <laughs> NPs or PAs. Okay. Well, they're all NPCs, so whatever. <laughs> yeah, we don't care about them. <laughs> they're, they're checking you over, make sure you're okay. And they do mention that, yes, for uh, Narn, you should be okay, that you get you're in the standard limits, uh, that, again, not even your, your brain scan seems to cause any major issues that they're aware of. But they do say, look, if anything does happen, please let us know, you know, kind of immediately. Like, immediately, immediately. Did I mention immediately? So they just want to make sure you're okay. But like I said, according to most of the instruments they have, they said you are. Now, they do actually ask you, do you remember anything? We were going to open the container. We opened it. We opened Evidently. the shit out of it. Uh, the doctor yeah, not figured, really. That would be a no, then. Got it. Uh, well, again, this is you know, it, this is perfectly fine. Uh, Narns are not necessarily known for that level of uh, communication while unconscious, so uh, we're just, like I said, going to take take that as read, and we're going to keep an eye on it. So, if anything does happen later on, please let us know. But we're going to release you for the time being, because I believe there are certain people who would like to have uh, uh, like to check in with you. Okay. <laughs> um, such as? <laughs> of course, the, such as me. And uh, right about that time, tapping on the glass is Kali. Oh. Who was looking over and just like, uh, I think I'm due for a report. Oh, yes. Yes, of course. So, which is good. We also need you here because not only do we need to know more about where we are, we've been here long enough. The guests have figured out we're off track. So, we need, we're going to need your support for a few things too. And he also, she also looks over at, at Ty and says, "And whoever your human friend is, we may need her too." You, what's your name? I'm Doctor Spears. Uh, uh, doctor. Oh, oh, you're a doctor. Okay, we may need you here then. Sorry about that. Uh, you just didn't look like any of the people I know. She actually kind of blinks and looks at you. Wait. Aren't you the doctor that, from uh, Steerage who's supposed to work with the lower class? That's me. That's why you don't know me. Oh, okay. Well, that explains a, a few things. But you may want to get down there, Doc. I think that your your uh, clinic's about to be overrun with people panicking, so you may want to go deal with that. Um, I think that. I would rather stay here then. I don't know why I would go down into a mob scene. Shouldn't your officers handle that problem? Well, it's mostly just the panic. People are going to need medication, need respirations, things like that. Because the officers will take care of the basic parts, but we still need medical staff to deal with panics, heart attacks, infarctions, all the rest of that when stuff starts coming through. Got it. Well, 
I'll see what I can do. Yeah, yeah Dooley looks extremely uncomfortable, like, you know, an eight-year-old who, who knows their best friend stole something but can't say anything about it. Hi, <laughs> being like a doctor and someone coming up to her and being like, I'm having trouble breathing, and Ty just being like, that sounds like a personal problem, man. <laughs> like yeah. Ty knows some basic first aid. She is a knockhand of sorts, so she's probably got whatever the equivalent of space OSHA training is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is great if you you need to do like CPR and uh, and and deal with a cut, but not like my brain hurts. Uh, hey, you're you know, a specialist for that. <laughs> At least you say that and not the my brain hurts. Like I got to come out. Ali kind of knows. She, you know, she looks over at uh, Dooley and says, "Okay, so what? Uh, when you get a chance, I need this, but we're gonna need every help we can." She also looks over. Oh, and your uh, friend, pointing at Mirgrat. Yes. What's her status? I literally just woke up. I'll talk to the doc and get back to you along with my report. Kali kind of looks quizzical at you for a second and then turns directly to Ty and says, what's her status? Uh, she's going to be fine. Something happened with the uh, when the when we killed those bugs, when we burned the blue goo. But I'm not a telepath specialist, but nobody seems to be too worried about it. Just got to wait for her to wake up. Okay. Give me up. a bluff check, please. <laughs> okay. I know, I know. It, it, you know, <laughs> having time, you know, succeeding a bluff check is kind of like, well, it's a Tuesday. I mean, yeah. Somehow it could happen, but. Uh, yep. Doubt it. 36. 36. Yeah, yeah, you're fine. That was a roll of a natural 20. So, in true dramatic fashion, this is uh, Ty going. I believe that the left neural cortex had suffered a slight amount of trauma, but that left neural cortex for the Pac Mora is, is pliable, so it should be repairing itself as we speak. As long as we ply her with the correct uh, 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 cortical inhibitors, enough time just to give it to the brain to reassert itself, it should be fine in these situations. I do recommend that she receive three to five days of bed rest, but otherwise she should be fine. In fact, we could probably transfer her to her quarters rather than uh, uh, keep up med, uh, med bay. And the, colleague have not absolutely thank you doctor i will right i'll understand this uh, you know recommend this to the future uh make sure you can see to your friend before you head your way down uh thank you very much which is going to be the good point where where like Dooley slowly turns to tie with this kind of wide eye expression yep and then, and then when you find out later that tie was literally reciting things from an old uh an old soap opera uh, yeah, she definitely would have heard that on TV and just repeated it. There's no other possible way. Yeah. I was going to say, she would have been like, yeah, I saw it on TV. That's funny. That is funny. <laughs> like I said, with a 20, that's impressive. So it's not just the, no, no, she's fine. It's the, you sell it. Yeah, so... Kali can acknowledge this. All right, good, good. So, uh, Doctor, we need your back, uh, back in system. Uh, Lieutenant, we're going to need you as, as back uh, as soon as possible. 
and when your friend is up and running, we're going to need that uh, the assistance there too. Uh, in the meantime, uh, I've got something to do. There's a little bit of a chirp at her wrist. She hits her comm unit saying, go. <laughs> Kali, go. Comm unit basically responds back. Uh, uh, sir, when there's an issue over at the uh, docking bay, please, yeah, we need your assistance immediately. Well, it seems to be something going on with the shuttle. We did. We need your assistance immediately. She kind of nods. Okay, fine. Uh, she then points uh, at both of you. It's like, do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. Got to go. Bye. You know, and she actually does for uh, Dooley. Actually, does the standard Narn uh, salute, which is the you know arms crossing over the chest, thumping for a second, bowing, and then off she goes. Has she ever saluted me before? No. She's not my boss. Huh. <laughs> Anyways, I, so once uh, once she's gone, I turn and look at Ty and say, Who are you? <laughs> Listen, I spent a lot of time in the space lanes, and union rules only let me work, like physically work, for four hours straight at a time for safety reasons. I've seen a lot of TV shows. Ever seen a Bricari oh. medical documentary? It's something. <laughs> no. Ever seen an no, R medical documentary? Whew. Okay. Okay, Narn medical documentaries are a problem. Because considering <laughs> the Narns were uh, captured by the Dilgar 15 years ago and used in experimentation, <laughs> they're a little touchy about that. The Bricari are a little touchy as well, but not as much. Yep. Something. All right. What what do we know about Mirgrat? I mean, I wasn't really lying. I think she's probably going to be fine. Nobody seems to be really worried about her, so maybe they don't know what's going on, or maybe she's just going to wake up sooner or later. And we just got to wait. Okay. I, like, kind of shrug, like the I don't fucking know, like, type shrug. <laughs> this, this doctor, there was a doctor, uh, last Human? time I was here. He, uh, yeah, he's off the rule. Yeah. He's drunk, you know, yeah. What? <laughs> Off duty and also drunk. Okay. I, 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 does he have a replacement? There can't be just one doctor on this level. Yeah, I'm sure someone's. Oh, no, there's. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. There's someone on duty, but the doctors have to rest occasionally. Well, so, yeah, so I'm going uh, that's to go up to the nearest person. They all wear, like, medical uniform things. Yeah. I'm going to go up to the nearest mm -hmm. person and say, What's happening with Mirgrat? Okay. Well, one of the uh, professionals who who checked you out when you you know you, you flagged them down in there, she's like, well, yes, I can help you. Uh, and she, we asked what's going on with uh, with Mirgrad. They said, well, uh, from water registry, uh, her uh, insert telepathic cortisone hormone chemical insert name here because I don't know the the techno babble. But basically, yes, the the she has elevated neurosynaptic neurosynaptic chemicals that are associated with uh, telepathy, but this also she's has certain chemical in this bloodstream which reacts to either both either trauma or a fear reaction. So they're keeping an eye on her just to make, uh, sorry, I say her all the time, I apologize. Uh, they're keeping an eye on Irgadat to make sure they are okay, but they think whatever happened to Mirgrat was uh, on a telepathic level. All right, so I let them know I'm leaving. Contact okay. me the moment they wake up. Um, I don't let them know I'm leaving, but I am. 
Yeah. And uh, I'll head off to wherever the captain was. I forget where she was. Docks? Oh, the, the Kali mentioned that she was going off to the to the shuttle bay. Shuttle bay. Uh, the captain's probably going to be on the bridge. Oh, I guess. Um, I'm going to go along because I'm not going back to steerage to pretend to be a doctor unless someone literally forces me. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I think that's uh, for everyone. Go to steerage either. Yeah, it's safer one, for everyone. It's kind of pointless, and two, uh, it doesn't sound very interesting. Fair enough. Um, I still like the whole. Is, I'm sorry, I left it. We need you to help people. A can't be boring. Move on. Chloe uh, <laughs> is not my boss, so I really don't have to do anything she says, and I'm just not going to. Like, why would I? Okay. Are you are you bringing Tuvo with you, or are you leaving Tuvo to look after Mirga? I'm gonna bring him with me because he's ten. What is he gonna do? Be my that a bunch of doctors have not already done. Okay. Except sit around and be annoying when he gets bored because that's what ten-year-olds do when they get bored. <laughs> that even like really okay. good ten-year-olds, like Tuvo apparently is. I I'd like to say that I, I you know I thoroughly agree with you, but uh, I taught uh, high school level, so I know they're annoying. But you know, <laughs> uh, no, I'll work with that. No, sir, I, I I can I can verify this claim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What'd you say, Becca? Uh, I worked as a camp counselor. I can verify this claim. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Absolutely scientifically reproduced. Ten-year-olds are annoying. Ten-year-olds. Uh, <laughs> anyway, you can go meet the captain. Why not? Okay. You go wrong. <laughs> Famous last word. You can uh, get like some little airplane captain wings. And yeah. So let's see the bridge. It'll be fun for him. Hi. Eventually, we're gonna have to let people know that you're not you. I mean, if the cops around here would do their damn jobs, then maybe I could fix that problem before anybody figures it out. Well, by the same token, the reason they're not, quote-unquote, as you say, doing their jobs, it's a big ship and people are starting to panic because they should have left by now for something, and they haven't. No sympathy. They always seem to be around when I don't want them to, but when I need something from them, God forbid. <laughs> are you sure you're a truck driver and not, uh, you know, working for gang lords at this point? Uh, yeah, same, same. This is Brickyary Space, or was in Brickyary Space. These things are not mutually exclusive. So, basically, uh,. You guys head off to your uh, to see the captain. I'm going to start with Mirgrat while that happens. So, Mirgrat, uh, you suffered something of a heavy blow. Again, as you said, it's the Star Wars line. It's as if a million voices suddenly cried out and were suddenly silenced. Or if you were if you're a big believer in your hardware wars, Obi-Wan, what's wrong? Are, you know, did, was it the feeling like a, th- a million voices suddenly crying out and it suddenly goes out? No, no, it's just a headache. But, but yes, yeah. you've had a bit of a trauma as the, the bugs there all projected the feeling of being incinerated back at whoever would listen, and you were the closest. So that kind of threw you into shock. Yeah, I mean, me and Becca doesn't like being yelled at. 
So like I'm trying to imagine uh, being screamed at telepathically by like millions of voices and it does sound real awful. <laughs> I, I'm not happy being screamed at myself. Anxiety is a fun thing, but yeah, exactly. It's that whole, you know, you, you can understand if, if one person does it. You can do it, understand if 10 people do it. A million people and your brain's like, does not compute. I'm just gonna shut down, I'm done. Yeah, hard reset on that one, thanks. <laughs> so in this particular case for you, however, your shutdown sequence, as it were, kind of left aftershocks and uh, jitterings through your head. Again, like if you have anxiety, you get those uh, ripples of old emotions that kind of wash over you uh, on an unusual basis every now and then. And you're getting these like every few every few seconds or every few minutes. Yeah, that happens sometimes if you don't install updates regularly. Yep. Uh, are you operating your brain under the Windows you know, 57 protocol? While you're doing that, though, get a little bit of a sense because, again, there's a bit of a transfer of information in the screaming. So for you, I'm going to need a will save and a telepathy check. Let's All right. Save. save. Not great. Okay, 11. Not great. So let's get the uh, uh, telepathy check. Much better. 21. Uh, okay, so in this particular case, you are getting information. The information hurts and hurts a lot. So you can't hold on to a lot of it. Uh, so you're not getting like the great secrets or anything else like that. But you get a the equivalent of ancestral memory uh, being transmitted into your brain at high speed. Some of this you'll, you'll know now, some of what you hope you'll know later. Because again, things get embedded, it hurts to dig out, it's kind of like dealing with repressed memories, it's not going to be happy when they come out, but at the same time, you're getting little bits and pieces of information. I'm going to start building nests and shit, aren't I? Sorry, what was that? I'm gonna get like a weird urge to start building nests and shit, aren't I? <laughs> I don't know how Pokemon sleep, but again, just in I piles. Just in what? Just in piles. piles, like of each other or their own clothing or whatever. I, I used to work in, in Renaissance festivals. I, I understand the puppy piles, so yeah, I get you. <laughs> Those are comfy too. So yes, but you're getting some of the information. It's not. Again, connected all the way, you get little bits and pieces here and there. But you're not necessarily getting that urge to nest. You're getting little images, and as far as you can tell, there is a bit of a story. Now, here's where the trade-off is, and I'm actually going to let you choose. This is dangerous. Yes, it is. Because, again, the story, because it was transmitted in pain, is basically causing you pain the more you look at it. Because Again, the associations, the neural synaptics, and the high speed is actually causing damage. So, I will say this, and I'm going to give you this choice. I will tell you two minutes of the story. Actually, I'll do it. One minute of the story, but for every minute that you watch, you take 1d4 damage. Okay, so my first question is, do I currently have any damage on me from the, uh, the, you know, the bit where they were screaming in my brain and I passed out? 
I didn't roll any, so I'm going to assume for the minute that you didn't, but you basically went into essentially shock. So it might be mental damage, but this is, you know, and again, I know with telepathy, you push, you basically use up uh, hit points to push yourself. So basically, that's what this is in the same way. Okay, so I have a vitality of 29 slash 16 wounds. I don't know how this. So I'm assuming I can take wounds until I pass out, and then after that, it go, it hits my vitality until I'm dead. Is that how this works? I think. Wait, wait. Wounds and vitality. Uh, you don't have hit points. Well, the hit points is divided into vitality and wounds. Oh, oh no. I I think it's vitality is my total number of hit points. Wounds is the number of hit, of hit points that I that it has been used. Yeah, I think so, because my, my sheet doesn't have the vitality or wounds, it just has maximum hit points, current hit points, and current non-lethal damage. Okay, yeah. So I have 29 hit points. Uh, let's start rolling 1d4. I want I want to get as much of this... Like, I feel it is what Miriarat would do, is get as much of this story until they pass out again. Okay. So I'll start rolling d4s, and let's see how, how this goes. Go ahead and roll that d4 and let me get the timer. Wait, do, I pass out? do I pass out when I hit zero or? Oh no. Oh no. no. I pass out before then. When, at what point do I pass out? Well, we'll just have to find out, won't we? Because you're already passed out. Oh. Okay. So, uh, that's a one. That's good. Okay, so far you take one point of damage. So, uh, timer is for uh, one minute, and oh. all right. It's be easier so, if I roll until until we hit damage, and then that's the number of minutes that you have that that I get the story of. Sorry, what was that? I figured it would be easier for recording purposes if is if I roll until I hit the point where I've taken enough damage that I can't keep doing this and and that that's and then you can do the story because that way you don't have to like be doing the timer the entire time and well, what happened but but the, but the reason I do the timer is now you have to watch your hit points drain and drain and drain while you're getting this story and you have to decide for yourself at what point is the knowledge worth the potential risk to your character I mean, I, I like in character, Mirgorat's all in. They're gonna try to get as much knowledge as possible. Okay. So Have you right. met them? Sorry, what? Have you met them? True, that is true. But that but that's gonna be the part of the difference. They're gonna be all in, but at what point do you feel that it's too much? Is it like is there a chance you may not be around to convey such information? Good point. Okay, yeah. Right. So, and you did two rolls, so I'll give you two minutes. So that's three uh, three hit points you're going to be taking already. All right, you got lucky. Okay. Two low ones. So, let's begin. So some of the images you get, the fact the bugs themselves, as, at least as the, the the racial memory goes through, it gives you an idea of this lush, very lush, primordial forest. 
at again the bugs were everywhere not just one type of bug like you know bunches of bugs some of them predatory some of them prey plants that were predatory plants that would prey basically you're, you're talking very much like uh pangaea level of primordialism where you don't have a lot of you don't have a lot of animals or or complicated life forms uh everything seems to be the bugs so which is fine except the part where the bugs encounter something strange they encounter initially a comet that comes down one minute down oh sorry they basically encountered a comet which came down and none of them knew what it was other than the question with bugs which is can it eat me can i eat it or everything else and in this particular situation when they encountered it to see whether or not they could eat it or they could eat anything else they watched as their number changed and not physically but mentally there was a bit of a hum between them. a lot of insects they say may have actually had something of a hive mind and that hive mind got polluted and interrupted and switched there were suddenly new minds in the process there was suddenly new information in the adjustment and one by one the mind started going away and some of them were replaced by this new information and it just kept going from there and it was as if the bugs that were connected by the hive mind were now all just were starting to separate and segregate into various groups into various breeds and dismiss all right two minutes down all right Haha! Uh, now I'm at 26. Uh, no, I'm at 25 hit points. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A roll of a one, a two, and a one. That's impressive. And begin. So, what you're getting now is basically the bugs start uh, gestating into different forms. They start uh, breeding themselves, and evolution starts going off in different directions with these bugs. Some got larger, some got smaller, some changed colors, some developed different wings and different legs and arms and hands and suckers and all that kind of other interesting things. And they started breeding at a vastly accelerated rate, but there was something echoing throughout the whole hive mind. That whole hive mind, no matter if it was the new or the old, was a sense of hunger. That hunger grew so much and so loud. And that hunger started to be focusing on the comet that landed. And after a while, they figured out the concept of a box. They encountered the, they figured out the concept of a cube, and they figured out how things could be opened or not opened. And they set themselves the task of trying to open this new box cube from beyond the wherever. And go for it. Three. All right, takes me to 22 hit points. 22 hit points out of 27. I'm keeping a note of that. Out of 29. 29, all right. And, all right. So, he took turns trying to figure out the box. They tried to figure out if it could be open. And yes, after about 20 or 30 decades, 
they figured out the concept of hinges and they figured out the concept of a handle and they started growing and they started manipulating themselves into beings that could actually try to open the handle, things that could try to open the box. The box became the religion for them in so many different ways. And this was true for most of the primary bugs. The ones that split themselves off started acting and behaving so strangely that they became lost to the hive mind. They became different to the hive mind. They became just like a completely new species, but still looked the same. They were almost again outcasts and outcriers. People, uh, their own the bugs themselves started wondering about their own existence, started wondering what does this all mean? And suddenly the concept of individuality became present. And roll it again. We got some starvelling sneeches on our hands. Two. Okay, you're getting lucky with these rolls. I know, right? 20 hit points. Now 20 hit points. This is at the point where the doctors would probably start to notice trickling coming out of Mirgrat in various places, mostly around the mouth uh, area and somewhere around the eyes. Little trickling various fluids, because I don't know exactly what what uh, what uh, uh, Mara are filled with. I know it's blood of some type and other various fluids, I just don't know what comes out of what. I mean, um, blood's always a safe bet. Like, if blood's coming out of anywhere, it shouldn't be, so that's, like, a good a good rule of thumb th- bad thing that is happening. Exactly, but if it's also something like, again, black bile, neural, uh, uh, neural synaptic fluid, uh, you know, that sort of thing, yeah, I mean, usually you want all of your various goos to stay inside you. Exactly. All right. So, one more minute, and okay. Just, just as a comment, that's huh? a button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, you're oh, sorry. The, sorry. Yes, you're right. The button of all your various goos should stay inside you. Yes. yes. <laughs> that is indeed a button. Uh, I have to make a list of these. I'm slowly going to try to do that as I do the edits. I actually have a whole subsection, a whole subsection folder of things to turn into other things. So, anyway. All right. So, and two. So, basically, they spent eons after eons just like focused around this box. It became almost a religion to them. And once they finally did figure out uh, how to get it open, they had changed so much form. They had quadrupled in size. They had developed these claws and developed these mandibles and developed these uh, like a hundred different eyes on various stalks that kind of was able to take in the sweep of things because the rest of the world started becoming more dangerous, started becoming more lethal. And suddenly they realized they understood that it was lethal. It, it was almost a, a tree of a tree of knowledge situation where they suddenly understood their place in the world uh, based on the others that are in the hive mind and this box. And it took them forever to try to get it open, but eventually they did. There was a bug who managed to open the box with the help reenacting a bit of a hive mind on a local basis. And there we go. Roll it again. Three. Three. I'm Seventeen and counting. All right. So one thing they did, uh, uh, one bug that did uh, figure this out, started calling itself a name. Now the name itself has been lost to centuries, as far as you can tell. But the name, the fact that a bug gave itself a name, gave the group a name, gave the other group a name, 
started to become an idea. And from these ideas, they started getting more and more ideas. And so they tried to figure out what this was about. So eventually the bug did open the box. Inside were tablets that they didn't understand because, you know, what does a bug understand in a book? They also didn't understand that uh, there's all these devices and contraptions and, and feeding things and organic matter. And they didn't understand. They didn't understand any of it, but they understood the organic matter. So they started to do what they always do with organic matter. They started to feed off it. And when that happened, things got even stranger. More boxes began to fall. More boxes started uh, on various parts of the planet. More of the, the hive mind couldn't take it anymore. And... We get some real, like, alien ant farm vibes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's two. That means you're at 15. You're halfway down. At this point, you're crying blood on the outside. You're starting to, you know, vomit up and pieces of stuff. And by the way, I will have alien ant farm vibes because any, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? Any. I, I just want to be clear about this. I'm crying blood for science. <laughs> I believe that's another button. Uh, so, all right. And, uh, there you go. All right. So, Eventually, they started feeding, and when they feeding, boxes started coming down. When they started coming down, they noticed other beings in their hive mind started becoming more and more alienated. Well, there was a queen who figured out what this was about, and the queen called itself something else. The queen called it a yet. And when that happened, they realized that they were more than just bugs. They had evolved to a sentient life form that was being invaded. At the same time, the feeling that happened once the, uh, the organic interior interior had absorbed and they had absorbed it all, they started collectiving themselves. They started building societies and they started feeding on the rest of the insects in and of that planet. They left the plants in balance. They would eat what they could, but they'd leave it, they'd leave it alone. But the other insects out there, they started to devour and included the ones of the other hive mind. And when that happened, there was a great sense of, roll it. Alright, I mean, genocide is a fairly common growing pain for most developing cultures. <laughs> How many buttons are you going to give us today? Uh, uh, so I'm at 12 hit points now? Yes, shuddering and trembling and various, like I said, fluids are coming out of your system. Uh, doctors are starting to panic. And this is all while everyone else has left. So this, at this point, you are starting to you know, be in weird places, and now doctors are rushing to see where they can help you. There's actually been calls made to other pop or off specialists because, again, everything's different. So, and here we go. They started when they started understanding. They felt the the the, the concept of the yit there. They understood themselves. They ate other things, but there was a point where the queen yit creed something. They don't have a word for what was decreed. They don't have an idea for what was decreed. But what was decreed was, essentially, this isn't right, we leave now. And suddenly the invasion that they understood stopped. The remains still remained. So again, most of the other bugs on this planet had either been eaten or enslaved of some type. Uh, some of the uh, basic animals that started being evolved over this time also were enslaved and husbandry became a thing and cities started to develop and all sorts of other uh, 
small technologies would come around, and yet they still had these boxes they would open and find more organic material which developed them. Ed, Roland, you are in a dangerous, dangerous place. Okay. It's gonna be real awkward when your grad dies. So, at ten. Ten points. You are at a third of what you were at when you started. I'm learning so much. Uh huh. Thus, the gamble. At first, it's fine, but now, how far are you gonna take this? And how far are you willing to gamble if you pass zero? And begin. So. There was a sense of loss when the Yith said this is not working and they were out, but they kept finding bits and pieces of the strange organic matter. They started cultivating it, trying to get it to replicate, and they would find things occasionally out and about. It became this idea somewhere after they encountered another group of insects that had also seemed like to have come out of nowhere, that these things could be used for something more. These other insects offered them a choice, and they took the choice after eradicating every other insect on the planet and enslaving every other animal. They became the dominant life force of the planet, and they understood it. The other insects, the ones that you know could not be named, who were much larger than them, had given them a little bit of a leg up and said there is a certain word that, again, was not in the vocabulary, but has now become a, an idea. Vengeance. And okay, roll it with one. I'm at nine points. Good grief! Talk about the luckiest roll. Goddamn story! (laughs) (laughs) It's gonna take you a long while to recover. By the way, I think you only get like a hit point back a day. Uh, I'll have to look at the healing stuff later on, but yeah. So, and vengeance was something offered because the other insects talked about something about beyond the sky. And beyond the sky were entire worlds of non-insects. But these other worlds also were capable of of supporting the insects. And so they found a way of becoming a swarm. And this swarm started gathering and cultivating the various bits and pieces of knowledge they gleaned off of the books once they understood them and gleaned from the larger insects once they understood it to develop their own ways of going beyond the sky itself. This was done as vengeance simply because as the larger insects told them, essentially, they had been invaded by things that were not allowed. The concept of demons kind of creeped into their vocabulary and they understood that these demons were something that to be feared and had to be routed out and roll it again oh we're getting so close nine points down ah come on oh jeez you are like the luckiest person on these dice rolls today listeners What'd you say? I rolled another one, listeners. Like I said, you are the luckiest person today. All right. So that brings you down to what, eight? Yes. Okay. So, 
basically from this point, uh, they, they started cultivating their own ships and fleets to get beyond. It took them millennia after millennia after millennia to figure out, and they did. But thanks to the, the, the larger insects, from, uh, they were able to figure out something else, a homing beacon. Once they figured out put, how to put their scent out in the universe, suddenly they figured out how to attract other beings from beyond the sky who could then be harvested, eaten, devoured, and learned from until they figured out the neural trick. They learned from the organic matter and the other hive mind that tried to how to get into the organic, into the neural tissue, and from there, train out the neural tissue for themselves. So they could pilot these other beings the way that other races pilot ships or cars. And, okay. We're going like full men in black then. Oh, 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 yes. Keep going. Oh, God damn it. Four, you are down to four hit points. At this point, I need a fortitude save from you. I believe that's my best save. I hope. <laughs> 26 natural 20 baby <laughs> okay so you're playing the lottery today because apparently luck is on your side <laughs> i am pretty sure i cannot play the lottery in tobacco okay fair enough um so okay and starting so not so, but they were basically figuring out how to take the brain out, but then they started figuring out how to take the brain out of various creatures who visited them without damaging them. So they were able to put them into these devices, not unlike the boxes, so they could learn from these creatures, interrogate them. Eventually, when they made their way beyond the stars, figured out how to create bugs so large, they could pilot them from the inside and move forward. Now that little bit of knowledge they learned from another group. Another group they called the the fan beasts, and the fan beasts uh, taught them how to cultivate this much larger bug that could be piloted from the inside, so they could go off to other planets, find other beings with neurological tissue, and be able to offer them the choice to come and learn from them while they learn from them. Basically, acted as scouts for wherever the bugs, the swarm may go. And now is the time of absolute freaking question. You have four hit points left. Outwardly, the systemic shock going through your system, even though you made the fortitude save, is panicking. There may be actual damage to your system on a larger level. Yeah, I think I'm. I I I I I, I think I'm gonna hold it for now. I think that is a lot of the story, and also I'm about to die. And here's the part where I have to ask for, and this is where you're going to hate me. The will save. All right. 18. Ooh, okay. Half of what I told you gets repressed. Do I get to with half? Basically, what you'll remember is, I can tell it to you in about a minute. Ox fell on bugs. Bugs found other mind in box, uh, started eating stuff in box. They grew bigger, they grew larger, 
things from beyond started doing things, and they went off to find more brains because taste good. Oh, and taste good and knowledge acquired is at least one of the subjects that both translates into both the bug and the pokmara. Because they're eating the brains, so knowledge is acquired. I see. Yeah, at this point, uh, I'll need one more fortitude save, and this is for a reason. Okay. 21. Okay, so... This is the fortitude save, basically right about the time that you started repressing it. And don't think of it as like, I, I, this is too much, I can't think of it anymore. Think of it like when you have a very vivid dream, and when you wake up, you remembered some of the dream, and you remember bits and pieces of other parts of the dream, but you can't remember the whole anymore. That's what you're dealing with right now. Again, you've got a lot of the story, about half of it. Uh, which again, if you want to, uh, from this point forward, if you want to access more of that story, you're going to have to make a will save, and the will save will have to beat a 20. If you do, you can access it. If you can't, it gets worse. Beat, beat the 20? In other words, a, 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 a will save of, uh, will DC vote 20. Okay. All right, but the 42 save you made, you survived, everything else, but you basically bolted upright screaming. Which also, when you've been covered in so much goo that is inside your body coming out of the body, you don't scream, you spray. And you, you've probably made this interesting Jackson Pollock painting on the far wall. Yeah, uh, I mean, New Rats going full Kandinsky at this point, but they haven't had a wake up like that since they pledged to a flat. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, all I can think is like, well, what kind of challenges do you have at a frat? You can't drink that much, and they can't tell you to, ch you know, challenge you to eat stuff because you'll eat it. Whatever. Um, um, at at, at Pachmaroff frats probably gets real fucking wild. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so you wake up screaming, spewing various liquids and viscouses out of your system as you come up, but you're awake. You are. Your vision's a little blurry. Also, kind of changed color because there's now all this blood seeping into your eye. But you're awake, and there's about a crowd of about four doctors around you trying their best to make sure you don't die. I am going to try not to die. <laughs> so you still have more hit points. So again, you're hurting, but you're not, you know, in danger of dying anymore. You've basically. Like Lanier, who had come out of his coma, basically that's where you are, which is the, ow, okay, I heard stuff, and I'm just going to lay here for a while. If you happen to have any, you know, painkillers, knockout stuff, that's okay, too. Uh, that level of, ow, this hurts. Okay, so I think what's going to happen then is after the, the screaming and spewing has uh, kind of, like, sufficiently concluded uh, the announcements of the uh, learned babies this day shall require interns and sedatives. I heard will require interns and sedatives. That's what I said. Okay. Uh, 
So the sedatives are immediately, they're like, okay, we got to fill you up with stuff because otherwise problem. Interns, they're like, uh, like medical interns? That's weird. Um, but they kind of say, look, look, we'll get you what you need. Just, just lie down. Heard that old phrase, a sucking chest wound is nature's way of telling you to slow down? Yeah, that's what they're telling you this. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, Mirrorat's not stupid. They know that they're, that many of their inside goos are now outside, and, like, that's bad. <laughs> you, you'll notice that they didn't try to, like, stand up or go get their interns themselves. That is true. That is true. So, like, like... They might not technically be a doctor, but they didn't get, like, a million ranks in medicine for nothing. Like, they're not stupid, usually. Most of the time. You do, but you do take risks, as we've just seen. You got within four points of dying. I actually had that in my notes, that if you got to zero, you would go comatose and possibly die. Yeah, well, I squeezed a hell of a lot of story out of you before that, so I'm calling that a win. (laughs) (laughs) So, while Milgrad is trying to scrawl and trying to remember, but also trying to figure out where where their blood is, um... It was inside my body last time I checked on it. (laughs) I had it right here. Now, where was that? Oh, right, it's against the wall. Well, that was a story indeed. Definitely something I will not rip off. So, listeners, please join Padani for another adventure of Odyssey, a Babylon 5 story. I must be off on my own adventures now. Goodbye. Yes, yes, thank you for doing this. Of course, of course, enjoy your adventures. And wait, where's my wallet? Thank you again, kind sir. Thanks again for the kind donation to the Percival Silverlight Foundation. (laughs) Bye. And that's where we're in for this week. I want to thank everyone for joining us and hope that you continue to join us every two weeks for another episode of Odyssey. If you have any questions, comments, constructive criticisms, or just want to say hi, then you can find us at temporalplaygrounds.com slash odyssey or email us at temporalplaygrounds at gmail.com or find us on Facebook odyssey a babylon 5 rpg podcast or reddit r slash odyssey b5 babylon 5 was created by j michael straczynski and is owned by warner brothers domestic media the babylon 5 role-playing game was produced by mongoose publishing utilizing the ogl gaming license for d20 our audio engineer is gabriel belden our theme music titan striker was composed by evan king Incidental music provided by Tabletop Audio at tabletopaudio.com. All other music provided by Creative Commons license and is available of information on our website. Once again, I am Daniel, and I thank you for joining us on this grand adventure. Good night, and keep dreaming. I'd like to thank John from the Trolls of the Two-Ton Bridges podcast. Find them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at... T-O-Triple-T-B podcast. Thank you again, John. This was a blast. I look forward to working with you again.